You're listening to Those Movie Dudes Presents Collector's Corner. The podcast show where we do a deep dive into our own physical media collections. This week, we watched a Blu-ray digibook release of Taxi Driver from director Martin Scorsese. But uh, I did see that you had a Blu-ray grab bag. Oh, on your desk. I did. You can't see it on my desk because that's not where the camera's pointed. But I well, do I have one. Yes, uh, I haven't opened one of those in forever. I haven't I only ever. I've only ever found. Oh, it smells one, really. Do you want really to explain good. to those listening what a bull moose Blu-ray grab bag is? I'd be glad to. Um, a bull moose is usually an animal found in upstate maine or like canada funny 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 okay tell us what it really is okay well i was i was getting to that (laughs) because (laughs) full moose is a discount like blu-ray movie store and get music and some other weird shit there books and stuff but you can get dvd slash blu-ray grab bags if you're really lucky for like six bucks you go in there and it's like a copy of Avatar, maybe John Wick, or maybe Hannah Montana the movie. You never know. So what it is, it's, it's a paper <laughs> bag with about like four to six Blu-rays that you don't know what's inside. So you're basically, it's a mystery grab bag full of Blu-ray discs. No cases. These are just discs. No cases. Um, By the way, so, you can buy blank cases on Amazon and buy the artwork if you're really into that. Yep. Uh, so or yeah, you can. themselves. You yeah, can just or you walk yeah. up and be like, "Hey, can I get a case?" Wear a disguise. And it's probably like twenty five cents or something like that. Ooh, I wonder if you can ask them that. Probably not. I have. Oh, really? Yeah, I've I've bought cases there before. Oh, wow. I was pissed because I bought it's one a and... hidden secret. Mm. Well, I was just like, "Hey, do you guys have like a spare case that I can just buy or whatnot?" It's like a secret yeah. menu item. They yeah. probably have hundreds. They're like, "Yeah, please <laughs> fucking take these." <laughs> Yeah, but I've never really gotten any good hits out of those bags. I think the best movie, like movie wise, was Skyfall. Yeah. Those, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I literally have gotten Avatar, John Wick. That's why I mentioned those, and Hannah Montana the movie. So <laughs> I have two copies of Thirty Minutes or Less. I have Michael Clayton a couple times. I have some a good weird movie. boxing movie with like Woody Harrelson and Antonio Banderas. Okay. Uh, okay. Some, I, Michael I Clayton's that George Clooney movie, right? It is. Yeah, Michael yeah. Clayton's that. Cool. I've gotten some weird shit. I've gotten Green Lantern in those grab bags, like probably every single time I've bought one. So I have maybe seven copies of the Green Lantern on Blu-ray uh, somewhere in my DVD sleeves. But I think you said, John, that you were going to open this uh, live on recording. <sighs> yeah, I please. Should we do it? Should we do three now and three at the end? No, sure. all of them now. Or I, guess, I don't. There's probably five in here. I feel like don't you want to leave a little suspense, or you just want pick to pick one random one and save it for the end, and we'll have predictions there based on the movies that we've gotten. I like that paper idea. bag for all we'll you save listeners. One the if very you really want to feel the ASMR yeah. of my Blu-ray. Grab so bag. pull out one and just throw it behind you so it lands on your bed. <laughs> there you go. All right, this you one. Can't look at it. No, I don't know all what right. it is. Okay, I just there put it back there. All right, all right. There is. I'm trying to feel how many. All right, we have four in here so there's five in the back oh, and everyone's tuned out oh. all right well thanks for <laughs> <laughs> you fucking asshole you asked me to... all right ready i'm gonna show it to you so i don't know what it is okay uh, uh turn it rotate pacific it. rim pacific oh rim. i own that oh okay yeah. well, oh. well uh, duplicate i like pacific i think rim. i even if own anybody that. wants pacific rim on blu-ray what if it's like the special us. features disc not even it is the movie it says movie John oh, will send shit. it to you I as well as a five dollar bill. It's uh, Sherlock Holmes: A Game of Shadows. <laughs> I haven't seen that. <laughs> I haven't either. Actually, this is the Worth second one. I watched that think. last night. Funny enough, uh, I watched the first one the other night. Double feature. Fuck. <laughs> no, and John dropped it. <laughs> and I 
Green Lantern. Are you Ooh. kidding me? I told what you. What the fuck? Every bro? single Blu-ray grab bag has the Green Lantern Extended for some cut. reason. So this yeah, would be perfect for collectors' nobody corner. Nobody likes that movie. <laughs> wow. Okay. Oh my god, that's hilarious. And the next one is Avatar, which I already fucking have from a grab bag. Wow. So, Jeez, as we predicted, <laughs> overproduced physical media ever is basically what those grab bags were. Yeah, you're not wrong. We were not Sometimes far you get off. a little. Ge- I did get a an, a full on uh, Halloween grab bag one time. So it was like Halloween H two O, Halloween Resurrection. Oh, uh, I would have so. like completely not. For those of you who are tuning in for the first time, welcome to episode two of our new. Uh, podcast show called those movie dudes presents collector's corner where we take a deep dive into our own physical media collections and do some fun reviews for you guys because we are some 20 something year olds who have nothing to do with our lives well so instead we talk about movies what Ooh, <laughs> it can be blu-ray it can be 4k it can be criterion vestron video arrow video doesn't matter uh, HD DVD, remember those? We, I'm if if someone pulls one out of the woodwork, I'll talk about Let's it. See if I can find one. I'm down just for that. But uh, yeah, so this week the uh, choice isn't from my collection; <gasps> it is from Sir Spencer's collection. Spencer, would you like to uh, introduce episode two's film? Spencer, Absolutely. you got knighted. Yeah. De Niro. In bang the drum slowly. The critics called him a brilliant new talent. After mean streets, they said he was a genius. For his performance in The Godfather Part Two, they gave him the Academy Award. Come on, man. Just get me out of here, all right? Now, Robert De Niro creates a terrifying portrait of life on the edge of madness. But yeah, no, I picked Taxi Driver because this was a very, like, long overdue rewatch for me because i've watched this for the first time when i was probably like 13 years old and i always kind of considered this movie overrated but i mean you watch this movie for the first time at 13 years old a lot of the messages and the themes are going to go right over your head uh, i don't even remember if i paid attention in this movie because like a couple of scenes on this rewatch i did not even remember were even in this movie and i was just like oh wow i did not remember that so that was kind of interesting and I, I just knew that i needed to revisit this i had seen a lot of martin scorsese's filmography especially with this the main podcast that we do uh we've, we've watched a lot of his kind of under the radar films and this is one of his most acclaimed films and i heard knew that john had not seen taxi driver so that was kind of one of the leading factors as well on picking it for episode two. And it's a very highly acclaimed film nominated for four Oscars. Uh, 8.3 in IMDb. It's like highly regarded as one of the best films of all time. So I figured we revisit this one and all, uh, don't give our thoughts on taxi driver. Cause this was a very interesting rewatch for me. I don't know about you guys or first time for John, but this was very uh, interesting for me to watch this again. Yes, uh, for Taxi Driver, I have never seen it. Always something I've wanted to check out. I haven't seen enough of Scorsese's work. Um, this definitely being at the top of the list, so I'm glad to finally check this out for the first time. Yeah, the first time I watched this, I think it was in 2016, so a solid five years. It was definitely worth the rewatch. I do say, I will say that because there were things that happened that, like Spencer said, I forgot. And some early performances, you see like a young Harvey Keitel in there too, as that like slummy Matthew guy. Um, yeah, no, I was super excited to check this one out. This um, movie is just operating on a whole different level than what we're used to seeing. It's it's so dark, 
And it's so fucked up as well. And it's crazy seeing all these other movies that have taken such inspiration from Taxi Driver. I mean, you would never really hear uh, yeah. huge Taxi Driver inspirations. And then Joker that just came out, that movie was like, oh, basically it's like the superhero like version of Taxi Driver with the Joker mm-hmm. character. And then now watching Taxi Driver again on the rewatch, Joker borrows so much from the from that movie. It's It's insane. Mm-hmm. And seeing those comparisons now is very interesting. Yeah. Also with the King of Comedy, another Scorsese film that I think is up there with Taxi Driver for me is a fa- like favorite of his filmography. Just because Robert De Niro, just he is Travis Bickle. No one else could do that. No one else could make a mohawk more iconic in a <laughs> film scene and just terrifying. Like his body fat, like percentage must have been like less than five. It had to be because that's. He wasn't he quite got... machinist level, but uh, he no, was... <laughs> but he was like physically, he was well built, but he the was way just really small. I would describe it is like it, he kind of looked and embodied a little bit like Jackie Earl Haley, uh, just mm-hmm. in like that physique of just like so, like scrawny and uh, skinny, and he does change throughout the film as well. I mean, from mm-hmm. the beginning to the end. He definitely like there's there's some moment like, he loses weight and like he definitely yeah. changes his hair a lot and like you see just his mental stability just decline as the movie yeah. goes on. It's really interesting. That's what Scorsese does so well is just character studies. He examines characters in such a detailed and layered way uh, that other filmmakers don't necessarily put as much detail into. Um, and he's done it multiple times since. I mean, uh, Cape Fear. Remember that one mm-hmm. with Robert De Niro? Oh, Another that's great performance, a good but that's one. great character study. And then the King of Comedy as well. The city here is like an open sewer, you know? It's full of filth and scum. I think I know what you mean, Travis. But it's not going to be easy. This is a first-timer for you. Tell me about Taxi Driver. Yeah, man. This was... I really didn't know what I was getting into. I don't think I really even read a synopsis before watching the movie. I just knew that, hey, this is definitely an iconic performance uh, by a very young... I believe he's like 34, 35, Robert De Niro. And he's playing 26-year-old, which was just hard to believe. Yeah, I honestly I didn't like, think he looked 30-something until you put him alongside Jodie Foster. I'm like, all right, yeah, okay, he's a little bit older. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when they're, like, sitting at a diner together or whatever. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, it's it's pretty crazy to watch just the transformation of this character because it starts out and he seems somewhat normal. Like, he, he is going to see, like, pornographic movies in theaters, but, like, that's not weird back then. Like people did that, I guess. And then he's kind of falling in love with this girl from a distance. Um, but then it just takes some really dark and depressing, strange terms as you kind of just watch the world through his eyes and see this sort of disgusting view of humanity and just the, the grimy outlook he has on life and how he wants to rid the world of all these people. So it was, it was just a very, uh, unique take on that whole transformation with this character with amazing performances from De Niro and Jodie Foster, even though we don't really get all that much of her. I wanted a little bit more of her, I think. Um, she got an Oscar nom, didn't she? Did she at 12 she? or at 14? I thought she did. She very well might have. I thought I saw somewhere that she, yeah, she did. got like numbers. She did. Actress. That's yeah, that's insane. Probably, role. I'm guessing, but the... she does do really well in all the scenes that she's in because she just adds a mature innocence. Yeah, kind of contradicts itself. But... She is, yeah, she's not her age in Wasn't, the movie. I what... mean, she 
obviously is like what she's 14 when she was filming it playing a 12 and a half year old but her character is so damaged and so uh is forced to be basically an adult in the movie um and jodie foster being able to bring that character to life at the young age that she was i guess it's very uh, deserving of a supporting actress nomination but that is one thing that i noticed on the rewatch is i remembered this movie being more about the relationship between travis bickle and jodie foster and him trying to like help her but when i rewatched it it's really not that kind of comes in at the in the last half of the movie and it's hinted at a little bit uh here and there but the movie really just focuses in the mainly just on the character of Travis Bickle and following him from the beginning of the film where he's kind of just, you know, he's struggling to sleep at night. He has headaches uh, and he just sees the world as this, like these, these grimy individuals, these, these filth and these scum people. And this is this narration in the opening. It's so dark and depressing and it's like, yeah. Oh God. And you can see mm-hmm. him like he has all of these ill intentions and like he is trying to assassinate uh, the, um, the senator that's trying to run for president i yeah. kind of forgot about that whole storyline as well i was just like oh yeah like i completely forgot that this movie was going a whole different direction and then when that attempt fails he kind of switches gears a little bit and finds more of a purpose i, I guess on where he can channel mm-hmm. that anger and that loneliness uh because i mean he's that... still a very damaged and fucked up individual but the movie does take a turn where i thought it was going to go one way and it just kind of goes a different direction the movie takes some turns at different times because he he has this this kind of connection with uh what's the actress's name uh civil shepherd civil civil shepherd yeah that's yeah like that's one part of the movie and then it goes to this whole assassination attempt or whatever and then it kind of goes to this connection he has with jodie foster so it's almost three completely different films but they're all encapsulated with this insanely fascinating transformation with Travis's character, which by the way, two Travis's in two films on a, yeah, the first, this, two I wanted to mention episodes that. of collector's corner. Yeah. I thought <laughs> that was like, that's name strange, is Travis. How often do you have a character named Travis at all anyway? But uh, yeah, it was, it was just a really fascinating film that I think when the credits rolled out, I, I didn't quite understand all the hype, but once it's kind of festered in my mind for three or four days, cause I watched it a few days ago, I think I can, I can appreciate why this film is ranked so high and why it's regarded and inspiration for a lot of other filmmakers. Scorsese's really smart because he's able to just show these little things that kind of set Travis off. Like when he gives that senator a ride in his taxi and he's talking to him and you think he's on good terms until you see the senator get out and kind of like laugh at him jokingly like, oh, what the heck? Who is that guy? And then you just kind of see Travis kind of, all right, well, whatever. He takes off. And you see all these little bits that just him kind of falling further and further into this, like, anger and this hate for the people around him. For you guys, this is such an iconic movie. Was there a scene that stood out to you that kind of encapsulated the meaning of the movie the most? Because this this is sorry this whole thing this whole movie is basically iconic because you have the whole shot of De Niro clapping with his haircut you have you talking to me like the famous line right there yeah and his little like sleeve gadget with the gun pops yep. out I think um, there's one yeah, little yeah. moment and it's right toward the end of the movie that comes to mind where it really just shows just the culmination of this guy's crazy transformation throughout the movie uh, 
when he's just covered in blood on the couch and he's laughing at the cop. Because I I didn't see the movie going to that level and then all of a sudden just turns into this bloodbath. Which just threw me and for a it's loop a from the first fucking shot. Bloodbath, yeah, yeah. It is so <laughs> violent. Like, and that is, I think like, uh, they did it deliberately because the movie is dark, but it's not. It's not really graphic. Not at until all until the end, and like, yeah, it, it's very end, hinted at. Sure. Like, it very much like it makes sense that it, it is so graphic, but uh, yeah, it was so brutal at the very end of the film. Uh, one scene in particular that did stand out, and it's a very subtle scene. But it's when he buys the weapons. It's like mm-hmm. he's gotten mm-hmm. to the point where he is like, actually, I'm going to buy a weapon. And I'm going to see. I'm just going to have it. I'm just going to play mm-hmm. with it in my own apartment when I watch TV and stuff. And it's just so – it's a weird scene because the guy that he meets with is such a shady individual in the first place. <laughs> and he's just going on like his sales pitch on all the weapons. And he's just it's, – it's just the way that the scene was like shot and the way he was playing with the weapons. And like he had that point of view of him like kind of scanning outside in the window. Pointing it at people mm-hmm. in the streets. Pointing at someone yeah, down yeah, the yeah. streets. It's mm-hmm. just like you – I think that is one of the scenes where you really just see him switch. Like something yeah. is different about him now. And it's it's weird, and it's the thing is about he has such a hard time connecting with people. He he's got this like antisocial behavior uh, because of the way his mental stability is, and like he doesn't know how to bring a girl on a date. He brings her to a porno movie, and, and it's that's such my a scene. And yeah, <laughs> that's okay. my standout. Good transition. Scene. Yeah, yeah. Just because it. Sorry, it it just it leads into just what kind of sick person he is and to him it's normal that's the crazy part yeah and it's them sitting there because you see the horror on her face of what she's watching and you see him all slouched down like he's been there before and she knows this and it's just and it all kind of unties from there because up until then they're pretty good i think they're on pretty good decent terms He's kind he, of, he she's kind of weird. Himself, he's he's but... very charming, very well. especially from yeah. their from their yeah. first meeting and stuff. I'm like, okay, wow, this guy is like a up, pretty yeah. cool guy, you know. And and it was just that first gesture, that porno movie. It was like, oh, biggest red flag ever. Uh, yeah, like, there's not huge. enough material in the world to make a flag big enough <laughs> to just set her out. And I was listening. I don't remember where, but someone was talking about Taxi Driver and a scene kind of tags along when he's talking to her on the phone and saying hey do you get the flowers and whatnot and it oh, just I awkwardly love shot yep. and, yeah, pans yeah, yeah. to the hallway because it's too cringe for the back. audience to even watch no it doesn't even come back it literally he's on the phone and then it pans to the just an empty hallway as he's oh, still and talking and then he ends yeah. up and he just walks down the hallway uh isn't there yeah, another shot, shot where it really... shows all the dead flowers being sent back to him and like it's they, it shows all the flowers and then slowly they're more and more dead or something like that that was i didn't know if that was like maybe because it, it's not really explained but it's maybe he was sending her like an, a bunch of flowers that yeah just, i don't know if they were sent back but I, or maybe I, they were sent back because it didn't look uh, yeah like they apartment. might have been yeah because yeah. he called and i so there was something that was like yeah they never got there i don't know something like that okay. but i think that that was good uh I don't know, not a foreshadowing, but just uh, an analogy for kind of how his deterioration showing like the living flowers down to the dead flowers. Or Spencer, you had the Blu-ray of this and you want to tell us why we, we don't have a lot of special features, do we? 
Okay, so there what there was a lot of special features on this Blu-ray disc. Unfortunately for me, I mean, I've had this movie on Blu-ray for about seven years. The disc slot mm. itself is broken, uh, so the <laughs> disc kind of always falls out. Uh, unfortunately, I found out on this rewatch that the disc is broken. It did I didn't not work. see. I didn't think that was possible um, with Blu-ray discs. You can take a I knife did not to these think things. That either. And I thought they work. were scratch resistant, but <laughs> that uh, that myth is now debunked. Uh, My uh, scratch, Interstellar disc is actually fucked up. At the same point in the film, every time I put it in, it freezes. The same exact point. Hate that. I actually mm. didn't mention this, uh, but the Master and Commander Blu-ray skipped a couple of times. It was and literally really? the scene with the cannonball, and he jumps off, and it oh, skipped wow. right mid mid scene as like he's like he's like stuck like in the middle like about to enter the water and just stuck right there i'm like what? <laughs> that totally uh, ruins the scene dude yeah but, you're uh, just sitting there staring at him like are you okay uh, what's going on so We're playing I did a banjo try, in the water sorry i did try to watch some of the special features on the disc but i i just couldn't get through it it kept skipping um but i did watch one like 16 minute clip of martin scorsese reflecting on taxi driver in 2007 and he talked about just how no one wanted to finance the movie because the script was so dark. The script was actually handed to him by another filmmaker, Brian De Palma, and was like, hey, Scorsese, uh. you should direct this because I think you'll be great for it. And at the time, he hadn't really directed much. He had done a movie called Look Who's Knocking at My Door with Harvey Keitel, which did not um, do well financially. He did another film uh, that just didn't perform well. Uh, and then the studio was like, um, do you have anything else? And he had a rough cut of Mean Streets. So they screened it for them. They saw it. They liked it. And then they're like, do you want to do another movie called Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore? He goes and does oh, that movie. That's that a financial a great success. Movie. They're like, all right, here, taxi driver. You can go and make it now. We'll give you the money. But the budget's still going to be very tight. And they are also very interested because Robert De Niro signed on to do the role. Uh, and he had a lot of star power because he had just finished godfather part two he was he won the oscar for that you know a lot of mm. people because he had just won the oscar when he was filming taxi driver so he was worried that people were going to recognize him because he actually worked as a taxi driver to kind of get into character um that's awesome. and, uh, that awesome he said he only got he only got recognized like once or twice um but for the most part was able to kind of stay incognito um which is imagine cool. that seems 30 something year old robert yeah. de niro driving your cab just like that's almost more iconic than stepping into me. the cash cab. You know what I mean? But as he's prepping for Taxi Driver. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty cool. But um, yeah. um, what if he did that now? He just randomly picks up shifts wherever he lives and he just does a taxi and he just turns and looks at him and goes, yeah. You talking to me? <laughs> you would shit can... bricks. That would be a great, oh like, my like God. that would be such an amazing late night. I could see like, that on James Corden's like, show. Fallon That's or a joke. Yeah. yeah, you just get yeah. De Niro to dress up as Travis Bickle and go and surprise fans. That'd be Maybe hilarious. Someday. Late night taxi driver. <laughs> oh, it'd be amazing, but you'd also be kind of scared too. Also, um, nobody gets into taxis these days. You'd have to be an Uber driver or something. So I'm like a more yeah. modernized version. Maybe Lyft. Uber pilot. This is the modern day taxi driver. It's just Uber pilot. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and th that is actually another interesting thing is watching this movie. It's it's. I love seeing how 70s the movie is just from like the product labels from like Doritos mm -hmm. to Coca-Cola and Pepsi, all that stuff that's in the movie to the taxi cabs. 
and just um, and that was another thing on the special features is that there was talk that it might be in a different location, but they decided it has to be New York because of the cab system set up there. It's unlike anywhere else in the world, and they really wanted to do like the whole taxi cab lifestyle. That was only the uh, special features that I was able to watch. It was on YouTube. You can go check that out. It's really interesting, and uh, it's cool to see Scorsese kind of reflect on some of the stuff that he did in Taxi Driver. I'd like to get a little bit extra huh? physical with the actual stuff that's in your Blu-ray case that you've had sitting on your shelf for seven years. If you don't mind, yeah, just talking about. Yeah, come with any special? Oh, extras. I yeah. You see, I want to get a little insert. extra physical. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Can you hear that? Yeah. Oh, ooh, right. yes. oh so God. That's probably why it's so broken. God, this it is good. not a traditional Blu-ray. This is a uh, digi book. So it's got kind of like that's actually not really a digi book. It's kind of like a its own box set. It's a little like, extra thick. It's an ex- as far yeah, as exactly. I know, you yeah. open it up. It's one of those like three folds. So it, oh. it opens up and it kind of expands Ooh. nice. You get some artwork of De Niro kind of leaning up against some like jukebox. Uh, then Hurry. you got the classic shot of De Niro uh, kind of looking in the rearview mirror at Martin Scorsese in that very weird scene of you that is you, yeah. You want to know what a, a forty-four magnum can do to a woman's face? Oh uh, yeah, well, that I, was I cleaned up that version. Up, but, bro. Uh, <laughs> yeah, damn, bro. Yep. Uh, Oh, you mean what a forty-four Magnum can do to a woman's... Po- oh. That was Martin Scorsese. Okay. I was that waiting was for someone That scene was so unsettling, but it was but weird because they're both fucked up characters, you know? That was an amazing performance from Scorsese because that scene was like, ooh, this character's grimy. Who's but, better, though? I mean, he brought, Quentin he Tarantino yeah. or I didn't Martin tell you Scorsese? To, in Scorsese, it, it's, it's the New York feel. Like, this movie encapsulates kind of what a scummy nightlife of New York would have looked like during this time. Um, I think this could also be one of the perfect late night movies because a lot of this movie is just in travis's mind at night because he's not he's a vietnam vet i think was the right war he's a vet i don't Marine. think it really classifies no well yeah because the war he was, was in, in the, the Marines. 60s, so yeah it's 70s yeah. yeah it makes sense seeing how his thoughts change and just how after every every interaction he has he slowly more and more solidifies the fact that these people are all scum and he's going to clean them up and it's it's just you put it on at like 11 o'clock at night you sit there and you can get lost in it you get hypnotized because that's kind of how it feels just this guy's just descending into madness and scorsese does it in just a really smart way since this is uh my film for collector's corner this week uh, i'm gonna grade this film last if you don't mind uh yeah whatever john you should we get off. john's grade first since this is his first Go ahead, time mainstream boy sure yeah, uh, this is my first time watch. I, I definitely think it's a movie that you have to see a few times to fully appreciate. Um, but like, obviously, doing a whole podcast on this, hearing your thoughts, I think I can appreciate it more than just having watched it once. But yeah, I think that this this movie is full of some amazing performances. Not from only not only Robert De Niro, but Jodie Foster was at only fourteen years old gives a amazing performance. I mean, with a really mature role as well. Like, and I'm pretty pretty sure she had some other roles right after this that were also some pretty mature characters that she had roles before this too like she was in alice doesn't live here anymore i think yeah she also starred in a movie called the little girl who lives down the lane i think overall this movie is just it's a really fascinating look at the inside of this guy's kind of mind just turning into this really this guy that just goes off the handle he's just he just kind of transforms into this really crazy dude that it will really stop at nothing to kind of rid the earth of these these disgusting scum that he sees i i think it was really good um i'm gonna give it 
I'll go four and a half out of five. I don't think it's. I don't think I can okay. possibly give it a perfect rating right now. But yeah, it was better than I expected. I was expecting like a two, two and a half. No, my God, no way, bro. No, that comes to me, and I'm matching your four and a half out of five because upon rewatch, I was able to appreciate the filmmaking and the performances a lot more than I did at first. And this movie was also kind of claustrophobic in the way that you were kind of stuck in Travis's mind and you were always in his cab. And so that was his world. And you just see the world kind of crumble around him as he changes. So I was so glad to give this one a rewatch. This is definitely up there, probably in my top three Scorsese films. So yeah, that's four, four and a half out of five for me. I was definitely impressed with it. Because I had always considered this movie a little overrated in my mind, just because I really had no recollection of watching the movie. I just remember I had sat and watched it one day, was like, eh, it was all right. And then kind of moved on with my life and have yet to even revisit it since. But rewatching this, this was the fastest two hours I think I have had watching a movie in the last couple of months. Like just... It flew by. I was sucked right into the story. Uh, amazing performance from Robert De Niro. Probably one of my favorites from him. And I gotta say, this is most likely my favorite Martin Scorsese film. I really do gotta see Raging Bull just to see where that ranks because I know a lot of people love that movie from him. Other than that, I think I've seen a lot of his other heavy hitters. Um, but there's definitely some I still need to check out from his filmography. But Taxi Driver, this movie's just, like I said at the beginning, just operating on a whole different level. The cinematography from Michael Chapman is amazing. The nightlife uh, photography is great. Uh, the score is phenomenal by a very iconic score. He did this. Uh, he composed the music Bernard for Psycho. Herman, right? Yep. Yeah. Did the music for Psycho. Uh, and when he was approached to do the score for this, apparently he was just like, hell no, I'm not going to do no car movie. And then once oh he read God. the script, he was like, <laughs> oh, okay, this is not really a car movie. This is a very much a, a character movie. And this is actually like one of his last um, scores that he composed before he passed away. Yeah, this is one of my favorites. I got to go five out of five. This movie okay. is very, very good. Borderline masterpiece, in my opinion. It's It's yeah. a great film. Very influential, too. And like you said earlier, those different examples of movies, like, uh, you will never really hear just all the influence that this movie has had on yeah. Uh, yeah, films uh, throughout the years is just amazing. And Scorsese's just one, he's solidified himself as one of the greats. Um, and this movie is no exception. It, to a lot of people is their favorite. It's probably, it, I would say it's my second favorite under King of comedy, just because King of comedy is so cringy and awkward. And it reminds me of me. No judgment, Ooh, no judgment here, up. my friend. But, uh, yeah. So that was it for a uh, taxi driver for this week, but we need an episode three. We do. So, and it's mainstream. John, boys you want to, you want to, you want to help us with that? Yeah, like, I, I, mainstream I, boys I, oh man, I think I could handle it, dude. Oh, My science project. Do you want to see, you know, that's not out of the question, Nate. Um, I'm, I'm in between like, do I want to rewatch my favorite movie, movie of all time and really just decipher Ooh. it? Green Mile. Well, yes. to be fair, here, what, what just happened? <laughs> Nate picked one of his favorite movies of all time for episode one. I somehow picked one of my favorite movies of all time that I just discovered is one of my favorite movies of all time for my second, for episode <laughs> yeah. two. You know, episode three, you know. The thing is, with some, me, uh, John picks Norbit. I, <laughs> I either yeah. want to do, like, Undercover Brother, 
Uh, yeah, no, I don't even know where my like, disc that's, is. First that's one. my anticipation. That's like what my expectations are. So, well, I'm nervous. But, but uh, yeah, John, you have a film for us to watch for uh, episode three. I do, and it's a movie that I have regarded as my favorite movie of all time since I've really kept a list of my top movies of all time. And it is Tom Hanks, Michael Clark Duncan, Rip, The Green Mile. Also one of my favorite films of all time. It's like a three-hour movie. So we, <laughs> but and I bet we I bet we could do a three-hour episode on it. Oh, we probably want to do that. You wanted, that could be our goal. <laughs> three hours. But yeah, we will certainly get into that next week. I'm excited to talk about The Green Mile on Collector's Corner with Nate and Sweet. Spencer. But it's Nate's Sweet. show. Sweet. So. Thank you. Thank you. We're all in this together. We're all in this. Oh, I should have picked that. God so uh that was episode two of collector's corner um we don't do any other shows so don't tune in anywhere else nope, that's um it. just oh oh sorry sorry spencer you want to uh you want to plug something oh just spencer uh, okay. yeah i'll go um so <laughs> we do have a bi-weekly show called just the those movie dudes main show title might be pending uh, but it's basically we take three movies that we've never seen before, and then we spend about a week and a half watching them. Uh, they're typically on streaming sites, so if you want to watch them as well, you guys can and tune into the discussion. But the episodes come out every other Saturday, so the upcoming episode is going to be Thelma and Louise, uh, Searching for Bobby Fisher, and Death Proof. Uh, Death Proof. Death Proof. Yeah. All Death films proof. we haven't seen before, but probably should. Uh, so tune in on January 30th. That is when the episode will drop. And, Beautiful. Nate, you can... Beautiful. Oh, oh, and mind. so that's the end. Fine. Just do You it. can cut it out if you want, but just so okay, you guys know, it. we do have a third do show. It. John, you're wasting your time. It comes out do every it. single Monday. Me and Spencer, sometimes Nate, one time out of 23 episodes, Nate joined us. Spoilers. Uh, but it is called Mainstream Boys z z with a z z z and we talk about the new release films of the week 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 week, week. putting me to z so <laughs> yes exactly so it might put you to sleep but i think uh, if you're into new release films i implore you to check it out maybe grab a big bucket of popcorn a nice cold cherry coke and some snow caps and just enjoy the shit out of that show you can, or don't you can which is what i'm out. hoping you all do um so yeah <laughs> Thanks for listening. Uh, we hope you all have a fantastic evening and bye. Okay, that has to be the fucking song. Like that has to be the song. Can we? All right, here's the thing. Can we have X flip? Yeah, that's what I'm asking. Just kind of like the toxic version in, in Promising Young Woman. If he can do that with that song. That is the fucking jingle. I'm sorry. I refuse to accept anything else.